Welcome to News Talks SSE Electricity League podcast. I'm Oshin Langan and he is Daniel Kelly. Welcome back, Oshin. Thank you very much. Well, I was kind of back last week. Uh, I, I like to though. think the podcast peaked last week with my return. Uh, yeah, we can look at the ratings for that. And well, and now, Dan, that's just such a simplistic say. way of looking at things. It's I all mean, about the numbers. If the Late, Late Show and Mrs. Brown's Boys are two examples of ratings winners that aren't necessarily always editorially brilliant if Donald Trump has taught us anything and I think in the last few months he has taught us a lot yeah. that ratings mean everything no they don't let's wait to see what the bosses say did you know the Blues Brothers was not commercially successful when it first came out I did not know that there you go ratings don't you could mean say the same everything. for the Shawshank Redemption that's correct actually every person's favourite film ever every GAA person surely it's moved what's on what's that about a minute and a half in first GAA reference Yep. And a second one Lee Chin liked one of my tweets I tweeted to him When he was involved With Wexford Youths For the first time um, Don't shoulder your man If you come off the bench That's that's not cool in soccer He didn't come off the bench though He started Straight in Yeah Exactly But I didn't know he was going to start Yeah None of us did Shane Keegan didn't tell us anything How did it work out? Uh, Wexford's game day lost no, yeah. not necessarily Lee Chin's fault no. of course they have lost other games where Lee hasn't been involved Correct, this season so. ok well Richie isn't here today he has also signed for Wexford Youths um, it is a massive massive week for the um, League of Ireland in Europe by which I mean Dundalk are playing again uh, that is being played tonight as we speak that's Thursday night at Tala Stadium they're up against uh, Maccabee Tel Aviv and if you're listening to the Recut podcast on Friday we're going to analyse that game right now. Yeah, Machine Langan is at Tala. We can hear a bit of the background noise there, Rush. Yeah, we have just done Dundalk have beaten Maccabee Tel Aviv here in the Europa League group stages. They may not be the first Irish club to play in the group stages, but they're the first Irish club to win in it. Kieran Kildall's goal after 72 minutes has given Dundalk a massive and historic win. And that's they were worth every bit of it. They deserved it. They created the chances and they were the better team throughout. Dundalk beat Maccabee Tel Aviv. One nil here in Tala. Come on, thanks very much for that. It's an incredible performance tonight. And uh, Alkmaar have been beaten 5 0 in St. Petersburg. Welcome tonight, to Tala. So. You've just heard some of the sounds of Dundalk beating Maccabee Tel Aviv in the Europa League group stage. And Kieran Kilduff, the goal scorer, joins me. First of all, Kieran, happy birthday. Thanks a million. Yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be a birthday that's going to be remembered for a while. Um, amazing night for us as a, as a group of players. And, and obviously for me personally to mark uh, my birthday with something so special like that. But. Um, Listen, we, we knew we had a job to do tonight and we did it, so um, a good night's work all around. On a personal level, for a striker to score big goals like you have in the last couple of weeks, that, that must be the zenith. Yeah, listen, it's, it's it was always the aim as a player. Do you know, um, you want to be remembered, you want to be, you know, have those important moments beside your name or whatever, whenever your career ends, you know, you look back on the special nights and, you know, the likes of Dave McMillan and that as well, he's... He's had so many great moments this year, and I'm delighted I'm able to get in on the act with him now because you know, it's um, you know, at times it's the easiest job. You know, when you're getting deliveries such of such quality off the likes of Daryl Horgan or, or that, you know, it's it's an easy job to put them away when you get the headlines. But tonight was, um, you know, I watched the first half being on the bench, and uh, we looked like we looked like a really good team, and we looked like we were more than capable of, of winning that game, and thankfully we did. And obviously, it's a nice moment for me to, to come on and get the winner. Was that part of your thinking in the build-up? Like you say, you would watch the game, so you knew that Patrick and Daryl were getting down the flanks and were getting some success, and you knew they'd probably get a cross into you, either to the head or the feet at some stage. Yeah, listen, that's, the manager had said that to me before I came on on the sideline. He pulled me, he said, listen, 
but getting you know get good balls into the box. We'll see how they deal with it. You know, I know I'm a I'm a six foot three striker, so it can be a handful at times. And to be honest, I didn't have to be much of a handful there. The ball was so good. I was just in the right place at the right time. Um, Daryl at this moment of the time, I think in my last four goals, he set up all four of them. And, the last three have been balls he's put in my head for crosses and tonight he put one on my feet so um, listen it was just it, it, it's it's a great position to be in as a centre forward when you're when you're playing with such quality and, and thankfully tonight a bit of quality came for me and I, I stuck it away and we, and we got the all important win Their manager Shoto Arvaladze has said that they were rather slow in their play tonight now that's probably because of the intensity you played at did you kind of get that sense when you were coming on if you kept running and pressurising and playing off the shoulder something was going to break or you know you'd distract players you'd, you'd have a positive effect yeah well that was that's it you know that's what you look for when you're bringing on your subs you know fresh legs and maybe to make an impact and in fairness to Dave McMillan he did two thirds of the work tonight you know he played the 60 something minutes where he was chasing them down forcing them to make errors and you know that can't be underestimated how, how important that is and I'm coming on at a time where maybe they're getting more tired and I'm the fresher one so I I'm, you know, trying to dig out, and to be honest, after the goal, we had 15 minutes where they were kind of in possession of the ball a bit, and we were kind of trying to catch them on the counter or whatnot. And to be honest, I was just doing the running that Davey done all night for 15, 20 minutes, and I began to f- feel the effects of it. So, um, listen, it was a squad effort tonight. I thought the midfield, and Chris Shields in particular, you know, he he, he mopped up everything. The centre halves were, were brilliant, and across the back, we they were up against top players, and they have some some household names in their ranks, and yes, we more than matched them tonight and I think worthy of our win you've kind of made big nights like this the norm yes there was joy at the full time but it was kind of a okay we expected this among the fans and it looked like the team kind of expected that and you were with Rovers when they were in the group stage so can you tell me what the difference is between Dundalk and what you know the difference is between them and and Rovers a couple of years ago because back then that was a massive achievement but but you kind of built on it no listen we Stephen Kenny tonight told us, you know, our aim was to win the game. When I was coming on, there was never a thought of we're going to see this out at nil all. It's it's, a, it's another point. It's another good result. You know, our aim was to win tonight, um, and we did. You know, um, it's no disrespect to anything at Shamrock Rovers. That was an amazing achievement that we did at that time. And you know, we, we got a really particularly hard group as well. I'm not saying that we've an easy one now, but you know, we we Spurs and Ruben Kazan and, and teams like that in our group. And you know, we, we probably played a different style, but, but now you know, in, in this group of players, with players like that. Darrell, who's been linked to the Irish squad, you know, he's he can torment any fullback in European football at the way he's playing right now. You know, it's it, and you know we, we feel like we can score against every team we come up against, and we've done that so far in this campaign. And you know we went a step further in the qualification campaign, and we 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 got to a playoff for the Champions League, so we kind of surpassed what we achieved in, in 2011 with Shamrock Rovers, which you know which probably broke the way and, and, set, and set the standard back then and thankfully you now we're coming in and we're, we're being very competitive and you know, I, you know I remember Stephen Rice scored over in White Hart Lane I think five years ago today and you know, it was an amazing moment we went, we took the lead so like there's, there, there's no bad thing to be said about that year that had its own amazing memories but at this moment in time we're in a position we've put ourselves into a position where we can actually qualify from the group so could we take it to the next stage yeah and that's the aim and how important is it that you enjoy these nights and you kind of hang on to the memories because almost this day four years ago yesterday four years ago you scored for Shamrock Rovers in a 7-0 win against Dundalk so it changes quickly doesn't it yeah and look if that doesn't give teams all around the country hope then nothing will you know it can change so quickly for you and it's the people around the club that were supporting the team back then 
I don't know Dock fans have travelled up probably that night and had to travel home now they're awarded with four years down the line where they've got you know amazing historic nights in front of them and you know it changes so quickly in football you see that in the English league at times teams can just you saw Leicester last year where you surpassed your wildest dreams in a quick in a quick yeah, in a quick period so at this moment in time Dundalk are on the crest of the wave the important thing now is that we can sustain it and you know you know you're saying how long can we enjoy this for it's not that long we've got a game on, on Sunday you do have to enjoy game. it don't you we, we, we yeah. do enjoy it it's you know it's why we all do it you know um, it's it's, it's a great job it's it, it's not often that you get this success in this league you know it's it's we we're, we're in a unique situation at this moment the time where people are actually buying into the Irish game now you know they're, they're linking Daryl with the Irish setup and, and rightly so and it's a, it's a point of a breakthrough in, in that department and hopefully it's it's for the league now that the league can all follow through and we can take it to the next level because you know I've been in this league myself uh, 10 years now between all different clubs at different times and I've, I've seen good times and poor times but um thankfully now I'm enjoying a bit of a good time at, at a club that deserves it so um, hopefully it continues just before I let you go um, you said it to my colleague Nathan Murphy on off the ball a couple of days ago that this, this is not about the money that is something that you know is a good thing for you it's yeah. a good thing for the club but watching you tonight I, I genuinely believe that's more than a cheesy line it genuinely is about more than just cold hard cash this no it's not about that you know I mean it's the, the money's the afterthought at the end you know what I mean like no one's coming in after the game and going home with, a, with money in their pockets any more than they would have if we lost you know we're in this together we've got We've got four huge points on the board. What that word financially is kind of irrelevant at this yeah. moment in time because we want to finish the group with as close to ten or, or more. That's whatever it takes to get us out of the group. So, I mean, we'd, we'd give up all the money probably to get to play at the. When you're a kid, you dream about scoring at Wembley. You don't dream about the cash bonus you get for that. There's probably fellas working in banks and stuff like that in Dublin out tomorrow morning, earning more money than us. Do you know what I mean? Uh, on a regular week, you know, we we're everyone's well documented. We're getting this, that, and the other, and bonuses. But sure. Has, nothing's been come to us we're too busy at this moment the time to be thinking financially we're just dealing with the next game and that's Derry on Sunday Kieran Kilduff thank you very much thanks for joining us on the News Talk SSE Electricity League podcast that's Kieran Kilduff the hero once again in the Europa League group stages for Dundalk we're going to hear from uh, some more Dundalk players now starting with captain a defender Andy Boyle who once again tonight stroke tomorrow whenever you're listening was very very solid yeah I think from the start to be honest we had that bit of belief uh, I think you see where we start and, and uh, kind of still the football we played we created a lot of chance and I thought we were unlucky to really to be nil all at half time uh, but we knew if we kept up in away we'd get, create a few more chances and thanks it was brilliant that uh, Kieran got on the end of that and uh, I thought we were full value for the three points and how, how, how's the atmosphere in the dressing room after a big win like that because that's that's a historic result but in a good way you don't seem to be kind of jumping up and down like you've won a cup final yeah well I suppose you've only won a game haven't we it's a it's a lot of game I mean the, the, the significance of this is it can't be understated yeah I suppose you're right it's uh, if you look at football teams and contacts both clubs and it shouldn't really be happening it's uh, it's obviously the confidence that the, the manager and has instilled in us uh, as we work hard on, on what we do to all the video work all the analysis it, it's can be a bit tedious as a player, but it's all worth it when, when it comes off on, the, on a big night like tonight. And uh, as I said, it's it's a it's a night that we can all enjoy. But we've obviously got Sunday now to look forward to. Well done, thank you, Stephen Kenny Dundalk manager. Congratulations on a not only good night but a historic night. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't really sunk in yet. You know, it's a brilliant night. But yeah, I thought the players were terrific tonight. They really, uh, Maccabi, I watched Maccabi do one of the Tel Aviv Derby 5 nothing the weekend. And in the group stages of the Champions League, consistently, they've dominated football in Israel, really. And they've got so many international players from, from 
from different countries and uh, they're obviously an impressive team but I thought we thoroughly deserved to win tonight we we uh, I don't think they only created one chance really in the game and I felt uh, we could have been three or four up at half time you know we'd some good chances that we didn't take and um just um every time we attacked they had good possession but every time we attacked we looked like we were going to create a chance and uh, thankfully Kieran Kilduff come on and get that, got a brilliant brilliant uh, goal to win it their manager Chotor Abeladze has said that they were rather slow tonight but that's probably down to your pressing and the way that you approached the game that they were slow yeah that, that, that his team were slow tonight they were just a bit sluggish but yeah. I put it to you that that's probably down to you maybe they were off the pace but that doesn't take away from what you did and the, if they were slow again a lot of that credit has to go to you yeah um, I, talk, like, I feel the players are improving all the time yeah. you know, I feel they get more belief um, you know, we're not concerned about how many like the teams have been playing 14 and 15 internationals consistently yeah. and in any of the games I feel we've been no way inferior and um, so I feel um, you know I feel the players are becoming more confident and that's a good thing you know and it's good to express yourself in a confident way and um, and, and, and pass the ball the way they can but it was a very very tactically disciplined performance tonight we had to be because Medzijan in the midfield very very uh, creative player gets forward also Izibor goals or a midfield player so we had to adapt ourselves tactically and thankfully we did that and we, we, got, the, we got the goals Are you seeing uh, the benefit of We'll say the likes of the performance against Bate Borisov. The fact that the guys, you don't need to tell them, lads, you need to believe. They just, they just believe. So all you need to do is actually work on the tactics of the football. Um, well, I think, I think uh, um, that's why it's not as euphoric normally. Or yeah. tonight, even as some as the big, biggest night in football history to win, the, you know, in the group stages. But um, it's not a surprise like to the players like that they've won tonight, and, and that's not been. Um, you know, that's not been anyway big-headed or you yeah. know overconfident. It's just it's it's um, we felt we were capable of winning, and um, I think yeah, the players felt that. There was, you know, we, we we spoke about it all week that we, it was a match we were capable of winning, and that that if Zenit beat AZ and we beat Maccabi, that would be on four points, and and uh, AZ be on one, and Maccabi would be on zero. And after 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 the two games, so we we spoke about that this week that that was a strong that was a strong possibility if we won and. That seems to be the case. I know you don't want to tell another manager his job, but it would be very hard to to not pick Daryl Horgan for the Ireland squad, given his performance tonight and the fact that he always seems to do it when the step up is required. Again tonight, top class. Yeah, Daryl's been really outstanding, but we've got quite a few players. We've got a few players who are good enough to to step up and play, uh, you know, in the international team, and uh, um, and I do know because. At Derry, when when I was at Derry, City, seven players went on to become full internationals in that in that in that short period, and in no way are, are this group inferior. Yeah. So certainly, uh, I you know I, I, I feel that um, I feel that we've got a lot of talent in the team, and people are focusing on Darrell. And Darrell is one player who's been very good, but we have a few yeah. who've uh, who who certainly. But uh, it is a international level. Um, the manager has a great squad. Martin O'Neill is a terrific manager great pedigree I have a huge respect for him so I'm certainly not going to lecture to him on who we should pick yeah. but uh, certainly uh, um, from my players point of view we have a good few players who are who are, who are um, who can step up and how, how good is it for you that they can do it under pressure because sometimes players when that focus comes on them when the pressure comes on them they kind of 
become a bit shy or step back a bit but your players seem to actually relish that pressure how have you achieved that as a manager and how have you achieved that as a club um, well I think um, I think it's not been overnight I think we're four years working together now and I think uh, I think it's not something that we just for European games try and switch on every week we try and play that way and I think uh, obviously culminated as winning the double last season and only losing one game in the entire season um, League and Cup uh, this season has been tougher the schedule has been tougher obviously we've lost four league games and um, it means we've got a real tough schedule over the next few weeks so we're not really patting ourselves on the back too much because we know that we've got to go on two day, two and a half days yeah. Sunday morning play the FA Cup semi-final with a chance to play in front of 30,000 in the Aviva in the final then we've got four league games in nine days we have to win the league again and um, before we play Zenit we'll have five games in, in between the two European games and they'll only have won and that's <laughs> that's incredible, really. And I think uh, with the with the resources and the numbers they have in their squad, so I think. Um, but we want to make sure every game we do ourselves justice and, and be the best we can be. Would you hope that maybe those games could be a bit more spaced out? I mean, there's been talk recently about possibly extending the league, and I don't think anyone would begrudge that. In fact, most clubs would probably like it because it means they earn a few more gates, maybe, and be able to play their players a bit longer. Yeah, it's an argument. It doesn't look like I'm going to win, you know, because yeah. I think, um, yeah, of course, I, I think the league should. I think it's absolutely common sense. The league should be extended, um, but um, it just, it just, it's, it doesn't seem to be, um, it doesn't seem to be happening. Just before I let you go, Derry on Sunday. Uh, I suppose it's a lot easier to go into that game on a high than a low, which probably would have been the case had you drawn or lost tonight. But guys are probably energised, and there's a, there's an energy to be got from winning. Yeah, and there's also a focus because we know we've got that game in a couple of days, and you don't get, you know, there's no point. In, uh, you have to enjoy the wins. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not a, <laughs> not a killjoy that we can't enjoy yeah. uh, big European nights. They are fantastic, but we know again you've got to go again, and uh, recovery tomorrow, get in Sunday morning, get ready to play. Um, that's that's the nature of where we are, and uh, we got it. We got that's that's the challenge for us. So we got to do that. Well, let's see. What a night it was in Tala. Yeah, congrats and commiserations to Dundalk on a brilliant, awful performance. I did not see that result coming. I didn't either. That uh, particular result. Yeah, like, especially when that bit happened around half time and oh. then the other bit in the second half. I think it was all about what happened at half time really? and what Stephen Kenny um, said. Yeah, there was yeah. there was words said at half time, Dan. That's all yeah. I can say. By both managers. By both managers. And potentially the players may have spoken to each other too. Exactly. Um, there was a rallying cry. I don't know the, in which dressing room yet because yeah. obviously it's Thursday. But Maybe from the crowd. Let's just say there's a rallying cry ah, yeah, from the Dundalk one. faithful Good one. in the good crowd. One. Good one. I say this before the fact on Thursday and after the fact on Friday. I really hope the fans are mature enough not to boo Shoto Avaladze, the manager of Maccabee Tel Aviv. He got a bit of treatment before when he was uh, here with in Georgia. Road, yeah, yes. because he played for Rangers. I, just, I hate that. I, I, yeah. it's, it's bull. And he mentioned it himself. Now, he laughs at it. He thinks it's funny. And uh, I hope he's a better trip this time around, by the way, because last time he was in hospital for a few days. Really? Had to stay on after the Georgia squad. Yeah, he wasn't well. Let's hope Nothing as well. to do with the booing, by the way. I know with uh, Israel and the, I suppose for a better word, the tense political climate around it, I know there will be events taking place tonight at the game. So hopefully they won't take away from what is... Uh, what everyone is going for, and it's a good 90 minutes of football. A good 90 minutes. Look, no matter what happens in this game, do you think Daryl Horgan should be playing for Ireland? I think he should be called up to a friendly squad. I'm not sure 
yeah, he should be definitely called up to a friendly squad and see what he, what he's like. Because for as good as Dundalk have been in the league this year and how good his performances have been in Europe, we still can't compare that to England. And that's the sad way about it. We can't compare how good he is over here to who he would be against against higher class opposition. So I, would, I, th- I definitely think his performances entitle him to a call up if we've seen Glenn Crow and Jason Byrne play for Ireland uh, in this millennium. I think Horgan is a better player than either of those were at their peak, so he's definitely worth a shot. Absolutely. Not everyone thinks he should be called up, including a former Ireland international, former Chelsea player and uh, Shamrock Rovers player, Paddy Mulligan. I think Darrell has a, I think he's, he's, he's a smashing league of Ireland player. Um, what I would do with Darrell Horgan would be I would bring him in for, 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 for squad sessions with, with the Irish team, as I would bring quite a few league of Ireland players in mm. on occasion, if, if, the clubs, if the clubs will allow it. And let him get the feel amongst the lads at, at, at international level and, and uh, do you bring in the older ones or do you bring in young players who may go to England still no I'd bring, I'd, I'd bring or in, does I'd, that matter no it doesn't matter okay. I'd bring in a mixture whoever is playing well and, and you feel that they, if necessary you, you can have them in, you can have them in the squad on match day well then that, that's who you'll be bringing in and I wouldn't be thinking about well can he get to England look at uh, uh, Richie Powell in England and what, what's he? What's, yeah. he what, what's going on? I mean, I thought that that he was he was going to be uh, he was going to set the world alight over there because he had, he had played so well here. It just goes to show you the, the, the big difference, and and hopefully he he will he will do well at at Brighton. But it's a, it's a big ass now. He's there. What a year now is it? And he hasn't really broken in. And if you're playing well, you're playing be, well. That'll, that'll, I mean, and he be, played well when he went up a level. Terrell Horgan so he has shown he can do it. And when you keep in mind that international football is is not even Champions League standard now. Yeah, and surely it, there's a there's a, there's a case for his inclusion. No, I'd 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 mm. I'd hold back for a, I'd hold back for a while. I'd uh, I'd be holding back to maybe early next season. But what I would do is I would bring him in and 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 let him and let him train with the with the lads and just and just see what he's like and observe over the three or four days that they're together, the five days. If if he yeah. could be there for a week or ten days, uh, if there's if there's two games in, in, in quick succession, go and have him there for uh, for the week and just say just break just break him in gently into it. That's Paddy Mulligan speaking about Daryl Horgan. Now I saw a headline during the week, uh, Brian Gartland basically saying you get on this magic flight to England and then all of a sudden you can play for Ireland, yeah. whereas from here it's very difficult. But we have seen that Seamus Coleman did very well with that, and Chris Forrester was called up. Well, in fairness, Seamus Coleman was very young when he went over, so sure. he wasn't ready at that stage yeah. when he was playing for Sligo Rovers. Uh, plus, Dan, it was only Sligo. Anyway, here is what Kieran Kilduff of Dundalk, who had a good, stroke bad, stroke indifferent game uh, last night. Play? We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. It depends on uh, what version of the podcast you're listening to. If you're listening on Thursday, then... You don't know because the game hasn't happened yet. If you're listening on Friday, then the game has. Anyway, this is what he has to say about players needing to go to England before they're recognised by um, the Irish management. It seems to be a thing where you go to England and then you get the call-up. You know, it, that, that's just been natural. But I think Daryl's now playing against top European clubs and doing to them what he's doing to the teams in our league. You know, he's you know he's skipping boy lads to play for Bate Borisov and and AZ Alkmaar. These are international lads and, he, and he's doing it on that stage now, which is why he probably... He's the first fella in this league, can I actually say on merit? He deserves to be in that squad, regardless of the fact that he's playing in the, the League mm. of Ireland. You know, you often see the picture of all the lads who progressed from the League of Ireland, but they all had to leave in order to get into the squad. Daryl's here now playing Europa League football, and he's, he's he's really doing well at it, and he's tearing it up a bit. So, um, on merit, he should be there. Listen, if it was for those reasons, you know that he probably wasn't going to play. We need him, obviously. You know, like he's he's the best player I've ever played with in this league. Right. So, I mean. He's that good on his day that you know he is invaluable to us, and you know I can understand maybe from that point of view. But you know, 
in a few years' time, if Daryl never gets into the team, if he looks back on it, did he miss an opportunity? That'll be probably when he'll probably begrudge the call. Kieran Kilduff on his teammate Daryl Horgan, and of course, whether or not he played well or otherwise against Maccabi Tel Aviv, it doesn't matter. I think he should be in the squad. Was it Kevin Kilban said? Surely he's better than McGeady at this stage. How many chances is McGeady going to get? McGeady has had plenty of chances, yeah, and he more seems than to be enough. certainly sliding down the pecking order from Everton to Sheffield Wednesday last season, and now down to Preston. He, his his career path seems to be going one way. Yeah, exactly, and he's he hasn't really done it for Ireland Not in, in the last while, uh, apart from the yeah, apart from the goals in Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. But that was, what, just over two years ago now? Yeah, that's a long, long time yeah. ago. Right, we are going to hear from Dave Robertson, the Sligo manager, as promised, in a couple of minutes. Well, we hope he answers the, the phone. phone. It's not like it's not like we're recording this and then dropping in these links later, Dan, yeah. you understand. Uh, but first, what about Cork City? What's been the difference in the last couple of weeks? Uh, they beat to go away 5-3 during the week. They are still four points behind Dundalk, but the title challenge is still on, so says Cork City fan me anyway uh, here is Stuart Byrne speaking to the League of Ireland segment on off the ball about what the difference between um, Cork City in the last couple of weeks and maybe the period of the season before that has been in a goal scoring sense Dan McDonald of the Irish Independent was on with him he kind of pours cold water on Stuart's argument but uh, well worth a listen anyway they're eating into that goal difference which was a huge factor for Dundalk they've subsequently in the last uh, 70 weeks they've absolutely taken chunks out of it mm. um, which is which could it could come down to it it could well come down to yeah. it what's been the biggest difference with these goals for Cork in the last couple of weeks what are you seeing I th- I I I kind of I kind of alluded to the point that coming off the back of Europe, they just sort of hit this dip in confidence. I don't know what it was. Um, it, it was strange, um, and it's it, it it can happen. It's natural. It was just the fact that it kind of went on for three weeks, which um, affected them an awful lot. Mm. Um, then subsequently, I think that the, the cup draw against Longford, um, they didn't play particularly well in it, but they just they thumped them five two, mm. got a little bit of confidence going again, and there just seems to be a much more freedom in how they play. I mean, I I, I spoke about them playing um, in Tala against uh, Rovers in in the cup game, and they were they were awesome, they were outstanding, mm. out of this world, and mm. that just seems to be um, the barometer that they have set for themselves, um, and they just seem to be going into games now starting games they hadn't been starting they had been I mean by all means all the reports coming back were um, during this sort of this downtime that they had that they weren't starting games well the first half they were flat didn't get going and they were either leaving themselves an uphill battle in the second half but they were they were playing much better in the second half mm. uh, whereas now they just seem to be bang coming out of the block straight away I mean, look tonight I mean they were they were, they were one nil up within a couple of minutes yeah. um, and then they were they were two nil up within, inside 10 I'm, minutes and they just I, seem to be thumping teams right from the get go I'm still not convinced that they've necessarily sorted out the goal scoring thing I think they've stockpiled goals in certain games I mean there's been certain games where they're running up a number but the flip side I would say last week yeah. I mean they had two away games last week Finn Harps 1-0 win with a late penalty and it was nil all in Sligo so um you know, they, they've there's been certain home games where they've run up a number, and in fairness, the cup game in Tala where they were sensational. Sure, yeah. um, but I still think you know some of these away games. I'm not sure if they've fully resolved their sort of goal scoring and open play. You know, yeah. I, I think they, they, they there was worrying signs from last week, and, and the thing about tonight, I mean, Galway conceded four in Tala on Friday as well, and their season is sort of petering away a bit. So. You could be overanalyzing that, that one point. game. This is News Talks SSC or Tristy League podcast, and that was Daniel MacDonald of the Irish Independent and Stuart Byrne, a formerly of Shelburne, speaking to Off the Balls League of Ireland segment. Right, let's talk to Sligo Rovers manager Dave Robertson. Dave, how are you? I'm having a great time, to be fair. It's, um, it's been a, a really good season for us so far in terms of 
setting out what we what we wanted to achieve. Um, the wife and the family are all settled in, and they're settled in in school now. And and I have to say, you know, ten months down the line from taking the job in November last year, um, it's been a fantastic move. Um, I've really enjoyed the, the standard of the, of the football in the league, um, and it's presented us some different challenges throughout the season, but but good challenges to overcome, and um, we've had to learn quickly, but. You know, we, we said we wanted to consolidate this year and, and sitting in fifth position going into the last five of the games, I have to say, it's, uh, it's been really positive. Is it a kind of a strange situation? Because your first task was to get a squad together and maybe then you can work on your philosophy and try and get what you want to do across to the guys. And I suppose that the, the second part of that question is how difficult was that? Because it was essentially doing two jobs in one, but if the results didn't go well early on and if they didn't continue well it would have made things very, very difficult and the pressure would have come on. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, the two things do go hand in hand and recruiting the right type of players. The, the biggest challenge that I had is, is I wasn't appointed as the manager until the 19th of November. Um, and as everybody knows, with um, the majority of players uh, here in the League of Ireland being on 42-week contracts, uh, the majority of the best ones that that I had on my list were, were already taken up and contracted elsewhere for the season. So um, that presented a challenge in itself, but um, we managed to overcome that and I feel that we've put a, a strong squad together with a real nucleus. Um, we said that it's a two-year project. I'm, I'm obviously here until the end of next season and um, this season we needed to consolidate. And I think if we'd have probably had, if I'd have been appointed two weeks earlier, um, I feel we we may have been able to gel that squad together a little bit quicker, and we wouldn't have had the um, you know the disappointing start that we did have because of the the players would have had a little bit more time together. But you know, with hindsight, you know, we've galvanised as a group. Feel we've got a real strong nucleus of players that that we've tied down now for for next season and beyond, and um, we're starting to build the foundations, and that's what this season's been about. And now we've got those foundations in place, you know, the, the next step is to, to recruit the next group of players that, um, that are going to strengthen the squad to, um, to give us the opportunity to, to improve on our first season. You've mentioned there, Dave, about coming in, in your own mind, what may have been two weeks later than ideal. And from the majority of players you brought in in the off-season that came from England, do you think, as you mentioned with the disappointing start of the season, although that's massively improved in recent months, that, that, uh, that the players coming over may not have been ready for what the league around entailed, and that and that and that uh, that that is what led to the slow start. No, I don't think so. Uh, I, I think you know one thing that, that that we have done is we focused a lot on ourselves this season, and um, you know it took the players a little bit uh, a little bit more time to to get to know each other. Um, we had a good understanding. I think if um, I, I think in reality, if uh, if I'd have been appointed two weeks earlier, then. Um, then I probably would have had a, a bigger group of, of players with experience of the League of Ireland. So, again, the same thing. The two things, I think, do come in, come hand in hand. But um, there was a certain standard and a certain quality of player um, that I wanted. You know, it's, if you look at the size of our squad versus um, a lot of the others, we have gone with quality rather than quantity in the first season um, because it is a, a building process. So, um, that was really, really important to me, and I, and I did speak to um, to some top quality players who were doing very well in the league and also beyond when I first came in. But you know, unfortunately, they were they were taken up. So you know, we move on, and 
um, you know, and 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 go on to the next thing. And the, the squad that we have got this year is, um, I feel we've got a good balance in it because we've got the experienced players like Gavin Pearce, John Russell, Raf Quattaro, Michael Slingerman through the spine of the team. And we've added a little bit of youthful, youthful quality to it. You know, the likes of Kieran Sadlier, um, Danny Cairns has come in. You've got Craig Rodden, who's adapted to the league particularly well. And, um, and, and we've built around that. So um, on top of the, the, the three players that I had when I first came in, Regan Donnell and Gary Boylan and John Russell, it's been, um, for me, it's been a successful season. But, you know, I want to keep this squad together and, um, and build on that next year. And I think that's the way we're going to get our significant gains on improving from this season. You mentioned the experienced players there, uh, Dave, the likes of Russell, Crataro, Pierce. Are those the guys that you have to get to first and talk to first and convince them that you know you are the man and that this is the philosophy? Because if you get the senior pros on your side, I imagine it makes working with the entire squad a lot easier. It makes your job, I'll use the word again, a lot easier. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the main thing we've, whenever dealing with senior pros is you know, at the end of the day, they generally, in, in the majority of, uh, of occasions, and as it's materialised throughout the season, the experienced players are your leaders on the pitch. And what your experience and your senior players need to do is they need to take the message from um, from the manager. And when the, the game starts and the stadium's alive, they need to be able to lead those players around them. And um, and they have been they have been critical in getting those messages across because of you know when the whistle blows on a on a Saturday night, you, you need you need your players to to lead and take on board those messages, and and that's where the senior professionals are a key to you because if they do take that out onto the pitch, it does make the the manager's job easier because of the the messages are going into the players continually for the ninety minutes. Dave, you've spoken there about the vision and the plan, and almost every week now in this podcast, especially at this time of the year, we talk about the future for players and what will happen once the season ends, especially with these contracts that only last for the season. Sligo Rose have been very involved with signing up players already for next season and even further. I know Michal Schlingerman has signed a long-term contract with the club. Is is this part of your vision to try and get these players tied down as quick as possible that in your first season, as you've said, you've tried to bed in your own beliefs that maybe next year now with these players on board already for next season that we should be able to see the benefits uh, of of what you're trying to do in the showgrounds? It, it forms the um, it forms the, the nucleus for, for the long-term for the long-term plan, definitely, yeah. Um, in addition to that, it's also, in my opinion, a professional way of working because of, you know, the players are settled, the players know, um, all of my squad know what my intentions are for them for for next season and um, and where we want to go. So that vision and and, and the structure, um, the style of play has been has been important to me as well. And having the right players that can play in the way that we want to play um, is vitally important. But in terms of that, one of the things that there is here at Sligo Road is there's a magnificent structure in place. Um, the facilities are, are excellent for me to work the way that I want to work. The staffing structure is is put into place to to support the players because of as a manager um, and anyone on our management team will know. And, and this is kind of led by me is we're here for the players so as the players can perform on you know on any given match day and. And that's vitally important. So we have that. We have a, a strong committee now. Um, we had a new chairman who came in at the beginning of the season and, um, and and structured the committee around that. And 
one of the things was obviously forming that professional way of working and one of the most important things you know as a manager is your style of play the the product that you put onto the pitch but then also is is having the players you know who understand the way that you want to play and and they have the commitment to the football club that that really links the community and the players into um, in together because of, there needs to be a, re, a rapport between the fans and the players, especially in a place like Sligo because of you know the, the supporters here are fully behind the club. It forms a, a massive part of the community, and and that's something that that is also you know critical to to the future of the football club. You've mentioned there about the new chairman this year, year at the Showgrounds. Can I just ask, from a personal capacity, how how different is it working in a club like Sligo Rovers where it's a co-op, where there's a committee, uh, compared to uh, Peterborough where there is sort of uh, one man at the top. I know Darren McAntony and Barry Fry have been there in recent years. How difficult is it when you basically have one man to answer to and where you may have a committee to answer to? Well, it's, a, it's very different. And, and obviously, managing upwards is a huge part of football management and um, what you have to do is you have to have flexibility in the way in which you do that. But um, I have to say, you know, working with the, the committee here, um, as I have done for the last 10 months, it was it was important to establish some, uh, who the key decision makers are. Um, it's obvious that, that you need to keep the, the dialogue open to the committee so they're fully aware of the direction in which the football club is going and which is taken. And, and I have to say the support from them, uh, from them all, from the from the top down is um, you know is massive, but whereas you know working in League One at Peterborough United, the um, the chairman would be the key decision maker. Um, Barry Fry, as the director of football, would um, would oversee the football operations side of things. So there are massive differences, but um, I think both have their benefits, and um, you know, and it, there's pros and cons to both sides, but. I have to say, I am um, I'm very, very happy with the the way that the structure is here at the club, and, and moving forwards, we feel that um, that we're building something, and um, the fans are buying into that as well, and they understand where we want to take the club. And at the end of the day, you know, uh, I'm here. I've come here because I want to be successful. I want to be successful for Sligo Rovers and um, and bring back those glory days and. I still feel it's going to take some time. You know, uh, it's not going to happen overnight. Nothing does happen overnight unless you have massive resources. Um, we're not in that position at the minute, so we need to make sure that the club's on a stable footing first and foremost and um, and build the football side of things on top of that. Dave, you mentioned there your experience in League One. I guess us who follow the league over here are kind of a bit obsessed about how outsiders see us. So... You're a relative newcomer compared to Manny. How do you compare this league to League One? Uh, what are the things about the league that kind of struck you that maybe you didn't expect when you took the job? Uh, you know, what, what's your general view of it, having spent, what, 10 months at this stage around it? Well, I think the standard of the football is, um, is top, top, top draw. Um, it's, uh, it's a very good standard. Um, one of the big things is there is a big variance in the... Um, in the standard of the teams and in the standard of of some of the uh, some of the pitches and the and the facilities that you see, so you know I've learned a lot from that experience in this first year and, and how to manage certain situations when you go to um, to different places. But um, I have to say I've been very 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 impressed. You know, from from the top down, the the standard is excellent, and I think it's a, a league that is that is moving forwards. It's a very progressive league. You know, we've seen this year 
um, the progression that Dundalk have made and um, and I think everyone around the league can can see how well they've done and, and how that's taken Stephen Kenny some time to to do that and there's a lot of there's a lot of things I think to, to learn there's a lot of things that um, that can be improved for the better of the for the better of the league but the standard for me has been um, has been excellent. And Dave, just before we let you go, obviously you're over here now and I, I imagine you're glad to be maybe over here in the last couple of days given what we've seen happen in England with the Daily Telegraph revelations. What have you made of, of what you've seen come out over the last couple of days? And I appreciate there's a lot of information we don't know, but we do know that there, there's some things going on that probably shouldn't. Well, um, obviously the, the agents in England play a bigger part, I think, in the overall in the overall game and um, and unfortunately, I think um, there's been some some poor decisions made by managers, um, and and they've paid the price. I think it's um, I think it's a little bit awkward because of, there is also the issue around the entrapment in the way in which it's been in the way in which it's been done and the way in which it's been reported. But um, you know, it's something that um, it clearly has been part of the game, and and if there are wrongdoings then then I'm sure those people will be uh, will face the consequences and pay the consequences for that but um, for me it's a it's a sad situation you know when um, we've seen it all too all too often um, in English football that managers particularly the England manager which you know some will say is the best job in the world and some will say you have probably experienced it that it can be the worst job in the world because it hasn't taken any longer than one game for, for the media to turn on Sam Allardyce and, and essentially, you know, uh, get in the sack. Dave, finally from us, just back to Rovers for a second. What's the aim now for the rest of the season? Obviously, out of the Cups and uh, survival is, is, is assured. Is it now try and push for uh, that last European spot or uh, just try and maintain consistency for the rest of the season? Well, the, the main aim and the, the target that we've set for our players here is we told them last week that the that next season starts now. Um, and one of the key things for me is that, you know, irrelevant of where we finish, we want to finish as high as we possibly can. But the important thing is that we take some momentum into that. So we've kind of started the, the 2017 season. We've made a commitment to our players moving forwards. Um, they're fully aware of that and they've bought into that. And, um, and for us, we want to finish as high as we possibly can um, and obviously take that momentum with a, with a strong start into the 2017 campaign. Dave, the very best of luck against Finn Harps next Tuesday night at the uh, showgrounds. Thanks for speaking to us on News Talks SSE, Electricity League podcast. Oshin Daniel, thanks very much and speak to you soon. This is News Talks SSE, Electricity League podcast, and that was Dave Robertson of Sligo Rovers. Uh, now, as I have stressed on many occasions, Dan, we don't record the links and then drop it all into place later. So we know for a fact that that was a very interesting chat with it Dave Robertson. was. A great man, first season in the showgrounds and things he... Or he brought up some interesting points there, Dan, didn't he? He brought up some very interesting and points. And it's not like we're talking before we've recorded the interview here. Are we? Are we? Well, what, what do you think was the most interesting point he brought up? Prove I think uh, the most interesting point he brought up was the fact that you'll be now mentioning the fixtures for this weekend. That's right. He really he saw that coming, didn't yeah. he? Okay. On Friday it is Bray against Bohemians. On Saturday it is Galway United up against Finn Harps in I'm sure what is some kind of derby. On Tuesday it's Sligo Rovers 
up against Finn Harps in a game that we uh, talked about with Dave Robertson. I hope we don't forget to talk to him about that game when we record that interview. Uh, it's also FAI Cup Final weekend. Cork City up against St. Pat's in Richmond Park on Sunday afternoon. I'm looking forward to going to that. Uh, obviously, if a GA game doesn't pop up first. And uh, earlier in the day, it is Dundalk against Derry. The season's kind of weirdly broken up now, isn't Can it? Can I just ask one thing? Do you yeah. think in their infinite wisdom, the GA decided to put the All-Ireland Final on the Saturday to know it wouldn't clash with oh, the Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, no, no. They knew what they were doing there. Yeah. And they know that Munster have made a mistake by scheduling their game for five o'clock on Saturday, which clashes with Mayo in Dublin, which For-, is silly. for side of the FEI. Yeah. I'd often we say that on this podcast, but well, there is some foresight there. It, very smart of the GA to not clash with the FAI Cup yeah. finals, because of course there would have only been semi-finals. There would have only been one winner there. <laughs> I kept a straight face. Or they really kind of broken fixture list at the moment isn't it yeah and it's, it's all Dundalk's fault <laughs> it's all Dundalk's fault well, you, you could even push a uh, push a bit of it back to Cork's decent run as well in the Europa League since this has happened hmm. league's just a mess uh, fixtures wise uh, I know I mentioned a few weeks ago when you were away but Richard Brush the Finn Harps goalkeeper came out with uh, came out on Twitter saying that basically the FEI should just throw all the names into a hat and decide who plays who a few days in advance yeah and there it's there is talk of extending the league which the clubs would probably be delighted with and the players certainly because yeah. hopefully for them it would mean actually getting paid for a few weeks longer uh, really interesting thing that Kieran Kilduff said to Nathan Murphy in his interview uh, during the week which you can catch up with on newstalk.com forward slash sport is that obviously as soon as their Europa League campaign ends, that's it, done. They have yeah. to sign on and while he and a couple of the other lads have other stuff going on, it's tough on players. It so. certainly is and I know especially the PFAI mentioned this, especially after the uh, FAI Cup Finals, which is usually the traditional end of the season. A lot of the players they may be heroes on the Sunday afternoon mm. and even if they win, lose or draw, they'll be heading to the local Dole office on Monday morning. But you know what, as much as I would like to see guys paid 52 weeks a year, and I would, at least now we're in a situation where clubs are saying, this is when we can pay you up yeah. until and that's that and we manageable. just don't have the money because there's no point in promising what you don't have yeah. and like even with uh, teams like Bray Wanderers who were speaking to Harry Kenny uh, last week in the pod and they seem to have their house in order now after testing a few seasons hmm. clubs are now becoming financially prudent with themselves to know what to do and the more the more sensible clubs are with finances the better the league will be yep. now this week in England Dan, we saw the bow break and managers being named for dodgy dealings yes. or Potentially. Allegedly dodgy. Potentially dodgy. Well, certainly stuff that goes against... Ethically yes, in a grey area. Yes. So Dan and I have decided to name the managers in the league we think are dodgy. And we're going to leave you with that list. I'm not sure if Richie will approve of this, but, but he's not so here. So I'll start with number one. Number one is... Oh, good call. Definitely. Never liked him. Number two? Yeah, I agree. Who was your number three? It was... Uh, I'm not sure about him. But no. your number four was pretty sure. Oh, right. yeah. There's another bollocks. And number four is... Will we be here next week? Well, we didn't name names. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we didn't specifically say name. We could have said him, though. Probably should have. Yeah. yeah but like, he's so obvious. It's it's too obvious. True. Maybe we should beep that. Yeah. Okay. We'll see what Richie thinks. This but editorial meeting will be fun. Exactly. Well, the thing is, is here, here's what we do. Richie's not here today. He likes to cast himself in the lead role in this. Yeah. So it's all his fault. It's his baby. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's it from us for this week. Best of luck to Dundalk tonight if you're listening on Thursday. Um, Commiseration, stroke well done, stroke. It wasn't a bad result uh, for Dundalk if you're listening to this on the uh, recut version on Friday. Until next week, take care. Good luck. Uh, My name is Oshin Lankin. You can get me on at Oshin Lankin. You can get Dan on. It's Mr. Daniel. Thanks very much. And Richie hasn't bothered to turn up this week, so don't don't follow him. In fact, if you do follow him, unfollow him uh, because he's dodgy. Take care. Bye bye.